0: All right. Welcome again. Welcome folks back again to the Marvin's Minority Report podcast. Um my special guest, Kanisha Green. So before we introduce Kanisha, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of of her bio and and basically who she is and then we'll we'll turn it over to Kanisha. So, Kanisha Green is an actor is an actress known for her role in the movie American Whisper. I I watched that for a little bit a few days ago. Uh, She was born in Rios, Jamaica and moved to the United States when she was 10, 10 years old, developing a passion for performing during her high school years in Pennsylvania. I didn't know you were from Pennsylvania, but um, it's good to know. Uh, Green later pursued her formal education in acting and directing at DeSales University. After she graduated, she continued um, on her. She continued to New York, New York City, to continue her acting. Uh, in addition to acting, Green has made a name for herself in TV, um, TV host and creating and hosting the black and latino film award. Uh congrats on that. I saw you got nominated for that. And and basically let's say and we have a common common interest cuz we come from the same I want to say the same company. So that's where I know you from. And we're, we're not going to get into that company here, but <laughs> that's where that's where I know you from. So uh folks, I wanna introduce Kenesha Green. Kanisha, welcome to the Marvin's Minority Poor Podcast. And here is the back.
1: Thank you for that introduction. I appreciate that.
0: Not a problem. So Kanisha Green. Yes. I, I I see you doing your thing. I I've read your imd page um pretty good pretty good i I like your your filmography You're, you're getting there you're doing some good things
1: thank you i appreciate that definitely just trying to stay consistent even when things you know get a little crazy out here but
0: yeah yeah so before we we jump into the questions let's talk about how things have been during the you know Ups and down of the pandemic mm. um, just life and cell in in general so how how have things been
1: during the pandemic? I mean, the question is, are we still even in the pandemic? I don't even know when we got out of it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um during the pandemic, um you know, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but like for me, I feel like it was i I wasn't super duper affected by it because i I'm a homebody anyway, I like staying home and i started loving working from home these days. Um, so it was like a little reset for me as well. And to, I think that's kind of also where I, you know, learned other interests and developed other interests, um, it included, um, and just whatever other talents that I can also cultivate while I was, um, locked up, they won't let me out. But, um, other than that, um, I, I I don't have any I don't have any like issues with the pandemic like everyone else did. So Yeah, I
0: mean, I I was pretty much just chilling to be honest. Yeah. Um didn't really affect me. Um but it affected other people and then mm-hmm. just adjusting after mm-hmm. kind of a lot of people didn't really know how to how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's we have to get used to it now. Um mm-hmm. I think it's, what, spiking up again. I see everybody with their mask on.
1: I heard. But- I heard. But like I said, I'm minding my business, drinking my water, and just staying out of people's <laughs> way. But definitely, I think also the pandemic, like it also created like a lot of entrepreneurs as well. A lot of people exactly. have been to social media. And I think, because I'm not huge on social media, I'm still learning how to use it. You know, a lot of people did utilize that so well. And I think it made a lot of millionaires during the pandemic as well. So that I can be like, kudos to those people. I'm still trying to find my niche, like what my little corner is or my little spaces that I can like monetize on. Like there's like so many cat videos already. I like I have like three cats. I'm trying to figure out how to use them and make money off of them. But until (laughs) then, until then, I'm just I'm just, you know, going with the flow of things.
0: I mean, I, I don't really it, it's just when it comes to social media, I, I kind of look at it from the from a tech perspective.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I don't I don't try to utilize it well, yes, I try to utilize it to I wanna say grow the brand, what yeah. everybody's talking about, you know, that that B word, the brand.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but as far as that quick monet monetization I don't really look at that. I kind of look at the the long term goal, because mm-hmm. um, that long term goal is what's what's going to make a lot of I want to say social media billionaires. Yeah, so,
2: I agree. A lot with of you the million-
0: yeah, a lot of the millionaires now they're actually I want to say some of them are broke because um, they made all that money during the pandemic, but now they're they're back to struggling. So. Again, it's it's just you got to you got to take every opportunity and look at it from a from different points of view. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm-hmm. so. I agree with that. Damn, that sucks. People don't know how to handle their money. That's crazy.
0: It's not even that they don't know how to handle their money. They they just weren't equipped to, for that fast money because that that money came in fast and it went fast. <laughs> I mean, everybody is putting down payments on bentleys and and you know g wagons they got they got it but again you have to think about affording it because those are luxury cars Mm -hmm. and the insurance on that depending on your state is going to be high yep so (laughs) but um so let's let's get into the first question um can you tell us about your journey as an actress and how you developed an interest in the technology field?
1: Um, so my journey as an actress started back when I was in high school. I just was doing plays, and um, I just enjoyed it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do in school, and I decided to just try acting, directing. You know, I tried theater, and... I went to the sales and I completed my four year um, bachelor's there in acting directing. And I got a lot of experience there. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about rejection from that school as well. And definitely prepared me for New York as well. Cause this this entire industry is rejection, you know. So and then it's one yes out of maybe a hundred auditions, maybe. So that's yeah. kind of where that started. Um and I was I always say like I, I credit my mom to an extent because she loved soap operas. And I started watching soap operas at a very young age and I just thought it was so corny, but it was like you couldn't stop watching it. So and I said, "I want to do that. I like what they're doing. I like the facial expressions. I want to try that." And so that's how that kind of that kind of ignited the spark in the beginning. And so
3: yeah.
1: with technology so I, technology was never in my foresight. I never even like what is technology, right? I didn't like care to even like the most tech I've ever done when I was younger is helping my mom hook up the um like the Ethernet cords or like the cable cord into the back of the TV. Like I knew how to do that. She always come to me to fix the TV up. My brothers didn't know how to do that. That's crazy. But I'm not going. I'm not going to
2: really?
1: speak on their names. Um. So that was the closest ever. And my neighbor used to always, my neighbor used to always ask me to help him with this computer way back when, back in like 2008, 2009. So I was like, but it didn't click to me. Like that was something I could have explored more. So fast forward, you know, obviously, you know how we met Marvin at that yep. job that we won't mention. Exactly. And during the pandemic, a lot of the acting roles, there's a lot of acting, everything kind of halted a little bit. And a lot changed. So, a lot of us were not auditioning. A lot of us weren't being creative as well. So, but that's not what kind of got me into tech. Before that, I was putting myself out there a lot. And, you know, I want to be a working actor. Whatever your passion is, you want to be a working whatever, making your money in that field and being comfortable. No one's saying we got to be a millionaire, but if that's your goal, you know, good mm-hmm. for you, but for me, I just wanted to be a working actress or an actor, where that's the majority of my money is coming from, and I and I'm I feel maintained and I feel um, stable. But when that wasn't the case, and I had to reevaluate a lot of things, and I'm like, hmm. I was working from home, so I had that money coming in, but it wasn't like a great a uh, lot. But I was like, I don't want to really be broke all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I had money to pay my bills, but I wanted more. I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. So I was like, okay, exactly. I don't know if the acting is going to provide that type of um, opportunity for me to do that. Maybe eventually, but it's going to take some time. If anyone knows anything about acting, it's a grinding field. it's a grinding career. 96% of actors are unemployed while the other four percent are your know, regular working actor and the 1% are like the Will Smith, Viola Davis, Mel Street, etc. Cetera, etc. It's actually like 0.01%. It's really small. Um and while I was in the pandemic, I said I mean I want to do something else that I can, you know, expand my talents outside of the film world that can film world that can still keep me creative and I worked with a lot of IT people at the job and I would ask questions, but I never explored it. And then I just started doing some research on Google, started looking up some like programs where I can get certified in certain things. And I was like, do I really like this? Do I really want to go through this? And today I'm still interested in doing that. And I've been still online looking through cybersecurity, seeing what that is all about, and just going from there. I still have a lot to learn though, but Yes, I'm still very much into technology. So that's where I am currently.
0: Okay, all right. I mean I, I what I tell anybody that um asks about the IT field is one, um we need more representation, not just from the back end mm-hmm. where you're the tech support. We need that representation on the front end. Two Tech field is extremely lucrative. No one understands, no one really understands how lucrative it is. Like when I was pretty much at home, I had other side hustles where I would be on a specific website, somebody will pay me to do something, and I will basically charge whatever fee I wanted. Mm -hmm. And they would pay that at with no hesitation. Um tech related so what when I say extremely lucrative, depending on how good you become, um you're looking at six figures easy, and that's if you're really that good. It's just you just gotta know how to market yourself um and just there's nothing wrong with being a working actor or actress. It's just we know the big stars that are out there. They're working, actors and actresses too. I mean, they get a bigger, bigger brand deal or or something like that. But they're still working. If they're not shooting a movie, you know, they're promoting something. I, I saw a post from Robert Downey Jr. Um, I guess he partnered with some cybersecurity company, mm-hmm. and he's like their new face of cybersecurity mm-hmm. because uh, some something happened where somebody got a hold of maybe his accounts or email but that's another story okay but yeah working actors and actresses are constant in in hollywood Mm -hmm. um and then just going back to soap operas and and your love for it um i think all jamaican moms love watching soap operas for some reason um i don't know what it is (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's that, that daytime drama that they love. So, but again, it's, it's what's, what's common in the household. So you just get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in what way has technology shaped the future shaping, in what way is technology shaping the future of the entertainment industry from your point of view?
1: Uh, From my point of view, because I'm sure everyone has, you know, heard about the whole strike, um, the writer strike, and then the actors, you know, came on board. Um, I want to say it's like a double-edged sword in a way, because we want the best type of technology to create the best types of films as well. But when you start to trickle down into the whole, okay, well, we can make this film look beautiful we can make this film like if you want to do titanic titanic over we can make it feel like you're actually underwater experiencing like right we want that very immersive type of like um high-tech movie but if now you're gonna trickle it down where you're like okay we don't need the writers we don't need the actors then it's like okay now we have a problem with that so it's like a necessary evil but a lot of the actors and a lot of the filmmakers, um, the writers are getting um significantly affected. Like I follow a few actors and actresses on my on, on Instagram and they they were exposing their checks that they received, their residuals. And a lot of them were like four cents, a dollar twenty-five, seven dollars. I'm like, y'all gonna play in our faces like that? Like, come on, man, just keep this and just like, you know, so like I said, it's 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 a necessary evil, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I'm not on board with AI. If AI is used for other things, such as not replacing actors, cool. Because you you need human emotions. I don't care where, I don't care how technically advanced we'll become as a human race. You cannot replace human emotion. And if you ever if you ever do that, hell, kudos to the person who's going to make that happen. But for now, yeah. it, we have a lot of um, work to do. When, when it comes
0: to that. All right. So, so here's what I say to, to any black person who, um, doesn't understand AI when it comes to the culture, when it comes to minorities in general, especially us, we've always missed that technology boat and I've seen it time and time again, AI And crypto is going to be that boat that takes us into that next level. Now, if we miss it, um, I'm sorry to say where we're not going to get that opportunity as a people to kind of jump, you know, 10x or 20x, whatever we're trying to do, whether it be, um, you know, making money some way, somehow those two industries. It's what's going to take us into that next level if some of us kind of just, you know, stay focused and look at that as op- opportunities to, you know, get that bag, you know, like these these kids are saying. Um, and also when it comes to the technology aspect, look at what Sam Jackson did. Um, he licensed his look because uh, I think some some part, maybe uh, a Marvel comic. Used him as a reference for one of their characters, uh-huh. so he got a wind of that. And what he did is just he licensed his look. You know, if anybody's going to use his look in any way, um, he gets that. He gets some money. He gets that money. Um, you know, some way, somehow. And I think what he's also doing is he's licensing his voice. <laughs> so on t- I've seen those rigid- residual checks that that actors are getting. Um in this economy, I, I really think that's not you know something to really brag about, but you gotta look at so many opportunities out there. You know, license your look for a game or license your voice for a game. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That game is gonna get played thousands, thousands of times, it's gonna be downloaded. You know, your your character may get screenshotted and uploaded to whatever. But you're still getting a check from that, and from what I know, those checks are are pretty good. Okay. They're pretty decent.
1: So I do agree with that. And in theory, yes, that does sound you know very lucrative. And if you want to set up like um, residual income all the time, great. But we're we're talking about Samuel Jackson, Samuel o. Jackson, right? Someone who's already yeah. made a name for himself. That image alone is probably a five million dollar deal. Someone like me is a $5 deal. So where is my value? I have to create a value already to be like, yeah, let me license my image. No one knows who I am. No one knows my face. No, I don't bring in any type of money yet. My name doesn't. So
0: not yet. Not Not yet,
1: yet, but there's too many actors, like I said, it's like 0.1% of Samuel L. Jackson's who are working like that consistently, while there's 96% of people like me. So it's a huge imbalance. And like I said, in theory, it sounds great for the one percenters, but for us... And a lot of the contracts we're gonna get is a one time use contract. It's not gonna be something that is ongoing, which is why we have a problem with that because we are the face of actors, not Will Smith, not Leonardo DiCaprio. We are, there's more of us than they are of them. That's why they use them so often. They don't wanna expand and give others opportunity. I mean, more new actors are coming in, but it's just not enough, right? Like, I haven't necessarily gotten my big break yet. There's a lot of me out there. So it's like I get both sides of the story, but you have to have, you have to present some type of value because that's what this is all about. It's all about money. Yeah, These industry, these, exactly. these, these, um studios want money. Samuel O. Jackson brings money in. Will Smith brings money in. Even Jada, <laughs> Jada brings money in. So th- that's I where know.
2: that, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's where that disconnect is too. It's like, you know, we, we have to learn how to um, create some form of value, which is what I'm, currently doing as well i have to have some product to make them see like you can make money off of me so
0: yeah all right so so on that on that argument what do you you know who isa ray is right
1: yes yeah. so i was gonna say her name just now yeah
0: okay so she created her value mm-hmm. by creating her series on youtube mm-hmm. uh, again a platform that is there for everybody yeah. but nobody sees that potential <laughs> You know, they everybody wants to put that ratchetry on on there. But again, nobody is thinking about that 20 year plan, you know, creating something that could take you into the next step. But I I totally understand what you're saying. And I and I get it. But I want to also say is that I think Sam Jackson started when he was 40. So he didn't have all the benefits we had now. You know, all all the advancement in technology that it it wasn't available in in his time frame. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's reaping the benefits now Mm -hmm. because he he established himself. Mm -hmm. But if you look what what he's doing, I think he's a great actor. You know, he's constantly working. Um, He never turns down a part. I, I think from what he said is just that part you you turn down might be that that part that takes you, you know, into that next level. So I think that's one of his strategies of not turning something down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So. Okay. Um. I was gonna say something, but it slipped my mind. But anyways, continue, continue.
0: Okay. All right. No problem. Um, if it pops back up, just just uh, you okay. know, jump.
1: It just pops yeah. back up. Okay. So everyone you're saying you know Samuel O Jackson came from a time where there was all this technology that we have today it wasn't back then and you're right about that but at the same time it's like for, like all of us unfortunately can't all be successful unfortunately that's just the reality of it and there's an oversaturation of a lot of content as well so it's like like Issa Rae, like i'm creating my own stuff i have i know so many people that's creating and it's like like my friend also always says, we have to crack that code. So what makes your project better than an Issa project or Issa better than the Chai, I think, that's being filmed in Atlanta? There's a lot mm-hmm. of content. So it's like a lot of these studios are also very picky on what they choose. And um, not everyone creates good content sometimes that can be sold. Um, so it's a matter of how. what are you going to offer? Like, what is your, what is your content about that can be, can it, can it, can it be sold? Can we buy it? Can it make money on top of that? You know, so when I create my project, which I did a short film, but that was just to get my feet wet. So now with my series, my episodic, I want to, I want that to make money as well. So even with all the technology, it still has to be good. It still has to be something people want to see. Um, yeah. And unfortunately not everyone will be able to produce that. So I pray that everyone will be able to, because I think everyone deserves a fair chance. Everyone deserves to have financial freedoms and security, but you know, that's not really how it's set up all the time.
0: So true, true. But I believe if you if you stay dedicated, mm-hmm. you constantly think about whatever it is you're doing as a business to bring you into something better. Mm-hmm then you'll have that opportunity, that chance. And I wouldn't so much say sell your your project or sell your content because ownership is better than just selling it and nobody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. In in my opinion. So you know, one thing you should constantly think about is just owning. Yeah. Owning yeah. your yeah.
1: I agree with that because I started a YouTube channel, but unfortunately I wasn't as consistent with it, but I plan to, uh, at least be a little bit more consistent in, in 2024. Um, and I just got to find my, my area of expertise that I don't want to talk about or showcase or anything like that and just run with that. You know, I think YouTube is a great vehicle where people can be successful if they really want to, you know, if they want financial freedom, it doesn't have to be like a narrative or storytelling or whatever. It doesn't have to be you know, as um like professional or fancy or whatever, you can make money doing literally anything because that's what this is about, right? Like everybody exactly. wanna make money. No, people want to tiptoe around the word money. No. We're making money. This is about making money and being free. Yeah. And having a peace of mind. So that's just what I wanted to throw out.
0: Exactly. Um so I I I did look at your YouTube page. Um
1: uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I was uh, gonna mention it, not for you to see it. Okay, go on.
0: Um, no. What what I say to anybody is just understand the algorithm. Yeah. Um, understand what makes a video trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, once you understand those two things, yep. Um, uh, your video is gonna constantly get exposure. People are eventually gonna start knowing who you are. Yep. But what most people don't understand is that you can't just upload something and expect it to uh, hit overnight. That's, that's like one in 99 chances. Um, In a smart way to look at it is understanding the algorithm mm-hmm. and understanding the platform and what it's all about. So okay. that's, you know, I, I, I do. Yeah, I do feel your channel will have potential, but, but you gotta understand. Um, and and if you got any questions, I'm I'm here, man. I'm not I'm not somebody who's gonna be hiding the secret. Right. Just just ask, you know, and I'll tell you. Right. I'll tell you some things I do because I have. I'm I'm focusing on my main personal channel right now, but. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of followers on the business channel um is it followers that are converting to businesses uh, converting to leads Uh, no but when it comes to the business name yes it has it has helped um this year immensely Mm -hmm. so because i understand the platform and i understand the algorithm okay so Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have a video on you talking about understanding the algorithms? I'm sure there's lots of YouTube videos out there on that, though.
0: There's lots of YouTube videos out there. Um, I'll eventually maybe post something on my personal channel. Mm -hmm. But um, right now, it's it's just pretty much because I I have my own technique and how to do something. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just just ask if you want to say, hey, um, I'm uploading this what tips can you give me? Sure. And I'll look at it and I'll put it, put it through my, my set of tools mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what you need to do. And that's it. Cool. Got it.
1: Because my first video on there, um, cause I went out and asked for advice from other friends and I was like, Hey, what do you think about this video? Cause it was about me. And cause I, I used to suffer from sciatica, like sciatic pain. And I was yeah. like, I want this to be my first YouTube video because I feel like it's going to attract a lot of people. A lot of people have this problem and it's a solution based video. They're going to want to and I'm going to make it fun so they can, you know, enjoy it while I'm giving a little bit of advice on how to alleviate that pain. And my friend was like, no, I don't think you should put that like no one's going to care about that. He wasn't being negative or anything like that, but he was trying to say do something a little bit more fun and da da da. And I thought about it and I said, nah, I'm going to put this up because I just knew this would probably be, even though I only have two videos, I knew yeah. this would be probably the most watched for now on my channel. And it still, I think it's now probably at 20,000 views because nice. I'm given advice, I'm giving solution, I'm giving help, right? People can find something out of that. So it goes back to what you're saying, knowing who you're trying to attract, what audience are you looking at? um sorry and just are you offering any type of like help or even if it's entertainment comedy just anything right so yeah but because my second video which is about health and other stuff it didn't do so well right so yeah. i was like okay i don't know what happened there like there's something that i missed right there so you really gotta know you just gotta know
0: so that's it you, ju- you just gotta know. Um. And there, yeah, so right now, YouTube is, is going through a little bit of, a, I want to say, restructuring or not it's even in, in that way. It's um, House, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're, it's on a new management now. So what the person that's managing, well, uh, I guess he's a CEO or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's he's gearing towards like having more, more exposure when it comes to um, podcasting and just kind of telling your story Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the new direction for 2024 is going to go. Because we know, and I, and I call this like years ago, I told somebody podcasting is going to be the new radio Mm -hmm. and Look at how many podcasts are out now,
1: so again
0: many. so many, but not all of them are, are making the the traction that they're supposed to make. I mean, when I look at podcasting, I look at you know the top tiers, you got your Joe Rogan, and who I like a lot is Joe button okay. um those are like my top two aspirations just taking the ideas from what they do. Mm-hmm. But again, those are the, the, the pillars of a podcasting
1: mm-hmm.
0: to me. Mm-hmm. So
1: I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Those are like the forefathers of podcasting. And like I said, the same thing too. That's also another saturated market as well. But if you know your niche, if you know what you want to talk about, that will also sell. That's why I was like, there's a lot of relationship-based podcasts. Like that's the new controversy. All that shit is a new thing these days. Cause me and my friend, we wanted to, we want to get into podcasting, and I came up with the title of like "Earth is Ghetto" podcast, cause there's just a lot of ghetto stuff going on out here. Now we did like two episodes, but we're gonna go back to the drawing board because I really want to put that out there. You know, you want to have as many eggs in your basket, and that's one of them that I want to work on.
0: True, but you also gotta remember what image are you trying to portray. Mm-hmm. You know. You're you're an actress, so that's true. You want do you want that that gossiping or that that hood ratchetry to it be? It won't be
1: that. It won't be hood ratchetry. It's gonna be something of value, I feel, and intelligence. You know, with okay. a little bit of spunk and flair. So there's a lot of actors that are doing podcasting now. You know, it doesn't have to be like love and hip hop type of feel. It's none of that. It's just us talking about some shit that's going on you know
2: okay all right a
1: lot of these people who come up from podcasts they're getting cast and stuff because if you notice too a lot of the movies that 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 they're producing is kind of going down in value as well you know they're not talking about anything these days it's just these little basic little storytelling that you know to just produce it and keep it moving to the next one so Exactly. They're going to still use you. They're going to use you regardless. Unless you're trying to get up there with Leonardo, Leonardo and them, then I understand. But for now, we can just work our way up. <laughs> work our way up. <laughs>
0: that, that's it. I mean, just just work your way up. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing wrong with that. Yes. All right. So um, let's get into, as a tech enthusiast, what are some of the most exciting advancements uh, you've witnessed in the most recent years? That have the potential to transform the entertainment landscape. I know we we're probably gonna touch back into into that you know AI a little mm-hmm. bit. That's um, what I was
1: gonna say. That's mainly the the main one right now because that's the most controversial one as well. Um, I haven't seen. There was a, um because I was talking to this producer and he told me there's this AI robot. I forgot the name of it. It's pretty popular. It was out there recently. Um, is it Nancy or? That one uh, robot no. that was interviewing, and she was talking, and the back of her head is missing, but she has a face.
0: Oh, okay. Um I, Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I think it the name is Nancy or something like that. Well, I well, think.
1: If you know who I'm talking about, then that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. The producer hit me up, and he was like, they're about to create a movie with some named actors and that damn robot.
0: So I'm just like,
1: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I mean, we did The Terminator. Is that something like that? We did iRobot. But- you know this one's different yeah. so they're going to have like emotional lines like what's happening here so um there's a lot of change in the acting world like in terms of technology you know i haven't seen anything super duper out of this world yet but that's a start and i don't know if it's a good thing yet i'm still trying to figure it out but
0: yeah okay i mean like i always say it's just um when it comes to us, we're always missing that 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 boat. um, it's been like that throughout history, you know since we since we were free or or however you call it, but mm-hmm. it's been like that throughout the history. We've always missed that boat just whether it's lack of resources or just not knowing who to talk to mm-hmm. um a i is here I know um we've i've seen a lot of stuff coming from Microsoft on AI
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and i'm just looking at at it, at it just to tap into it to kind of take me and my company into the next level okay um because if you're first is a good thing if you're last you're it's a bad thing so if you're in between okay but I'd rather be first than last. Mm-hmm. You know? So
1: So how do you plan? But, I guess someone asked a quick question. How do you plan to like utilize this AI or incorporate it into okay. business? Like what are you planning, Marvin? Are you trying to take over the world right now?
0: <laughs> hey, why why shouldn't a, a black man take over the world? <laughs> I mean <laughs> come on. So so how how do I so all right, for instance, um doing some research research on you. I have an AI tool that all I have to do is just type it, ask some questions. Um, yes, it, it's on top of ChatGPT. I was going to
1: say, is that where you're at? Yeah. No, yeah.
0: I mean, I have my own my own little uh, interface. If I want to go deep in depth and try to find as much as uh, on somebody as possible, mm-hmm. I mean, I incorporate it into into everything. Okay. I mean, understanding how it works is one of the the benefits that's gonna, um, I guess take take me and my company into the next level. So, you know, that's that's how I'm I'm that's what I'm willing to tell right now. So, exactly, you know, be <laughs> first.
1: Like exactly. <laughs>
0: That's it, man. I hear That's you. It. I hear
1: you. I gotta follow in your lead, man. You got a lot going on.
0: Hey, man. I'm I'm willing to give away the sauce. I'll give it to friends. You know, everybody else gotta pay for it. But I'll give <laughs> it to friends first. That's I it. appreciate that. Not a problem. Um so let, let's talk about um the struggles of, of being a black actress in New York city. Mm. Um, tell me about some of the ups and downs because I know it's rejection after rejection again, even, even in the small business field, it's just rejection after rejection. Mm -hmm. So give me some insights and how you stay focused and how you deal with it.
1: Um, I don't know, like my, like I said, my school really taught me, how to have thick skin. And on top of that, like I came here when I was 10 years old from Jamaica. So when it comes to like racism, colorism, even featurism, I didn't know what any of those things were at the time. I was still very fresh into this whole American culture and how,
0: you know, white
1: people treat black people, whatever, you know? And I didn't realize too, even in college, there was a lot of like microaggression and like, Subtle racism I did not pick up on because I was very ignorant to what the hell are y'all talking about. You know, and as mm-hmm. I've learned and grown and gotten older and I, you know, did a lot of research on my own because I felt like I didn't get enough insight or education from my school, um, especially being like a theater uh, person, theater, um, studying theater or whatever. And on top of that, I didn't get enough exposure to the stage as well, because they kept producing a lot of damn plays that had no black people in it. So I've only had like two plays because there were some servants in the damn play. So that's, that's my part. Now it's my time to shine, you know, and even then I was replaced by someone who was lighter, who was, um, I think she was like a Hispanic person. They still gave it to her. And I'm like, we were all so confused, but whatever, that's neither here or there. So my school set me up really well. That's, I will always give them.
2: Yeah, you cut out. Hold oh, on, still can't hear you. No, nope.
0: Okay. I can hear you now too.
1: Okay. All right. I knew that was going to happen, man. I need to get a new phone. All right. Oh, Okay, cool. So my school definitely set me up for the real world, real world, because they made me have really thick skin. So coming into New York now, you know, it was, it's a melting pot of different cultures. So you're not really going to always experience that type of thing. But in the in, in the grand scheme of things you do, you still do. Because when I was um submitting for uh, representation for agencies, managers, and things like that. They would always tell me that they already have my look. And I will, I would get so confused. I'm like, you have someone that looks like me? I have a sister out there. Boy, let me uh-huh. know this information. Let me go talk to my mama. Come to find out is just another black girl. So I went to their their um website and I looked at their roster and there'll be like 30 off the same looking white woman. So I'm just like And there'll be like one or two black girls. And I'll be like, what the hell are they talking about? They have so many white people and this little black people, but you already got my look? That can still be marketed, right? So that was a huge thing for me because it took me such a long time to get representation because of that factor. Um, In terms of like auditioning as well, they look for certain looks, you know, featurism and colorism. It's not just racism. There's featurisms and there's colorism. Those are like the cousins and the daughters of racism so that also affected me as well throughout my um career in new york but you know i did still get to work with a lot of amazing people a lot of great people but i'm still trying to find my peach i'm still trying to find my role you know so i'm still definitely working hard towards that um and in the grand scheme of all of that i just started creating my own projects um by next year i'm gonna you know have my own episodic kind of like what Issa Rae did Um, and run with that because at this, at this time, I'm not waiting for anyone to hire me and I'm not waiting for anyone to give me an opportunity. I just have to make it myself. Is it scary? Yes. But Hey, you just got to jump in at this point and let it figure it out. Let it figure out itself. So those have been my struggles and I'm grateful for every no, because I have learned why, and I'm just going to keep it moving. So.
0: Yeah, the the nose are are definitely a good thing. Um because I I look at it like this, you're you're not for everybody. Um owning owning your own and creating your own is is one of the benefits of of living in this this modern world that I think a lot of people take for advantage. Um again, if you look at it from my point of view uh being promoted or being promoted to manager, whatever, instead of waiting for somebody to promote me, I created my own, my own little company. I'm the owner. Mm-hmm. I I do have employees that work for me. So I didn't have to wait for that opportunity. I created it myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But those nose, those nose are good. Um, I, I use them as fuel. Yeah. And I just I just keep going.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: but definitely um kudos on that. But but let's touch into you you said featurism. Yeah. Um or, or for the audience or whoever's gonna listen to the podcast, what does that mean?
1: Featurism means what's on your face? Do you have big nose? Do you have big lips? Is it small? Is it more European looking? Um your eyes um texture of your hair you know um these are all the little nuances that they will spit out if you don't know how to pick up on them then you wouldn't you won't understand why they don't want you so yeah that's what featurism is
0: so all right give me a a sentence of of how somebody let's say a a white casting director whoever Mm -hmm. how would he approach you and say hey you don't have the features we're looking for. Is that how it usually goes?
1: Um, they would say you don't have the we don't you don't have the look. So they're looking for like ambiguous. So for example, we know Kiki Palmer, right? Yeah. We yeah. know Zendaya. Yep. We can both say I don't say that, but a lot of people say they're both black, right?
2: Uh huh. Which is
1: not true. Zendaya is clearly biracial. Kiki Palmer is fully black. Yeah. So if you're gonna say they're both black, you can clearly see the different phenotypes. Kiki Palmer yeah. has the black features, the nose, the bigger nose, the more obvious African look versus Nina, exactly. who could pass as like Meghan Merkel's sister or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's
1: more on the whiter side. So it's more softer to them. So those are the features or the ambigu- ambiguity that they're looking for. But they will never um, say it out loud like that. They'll use the word mm-hmm. ambiguous. When I, when I submit ambiguous, fe- ambi- we're looking for someone, ambiguous character, ambiguous act, whatever, right? We all know what yeah. the hell that means. It just means mixed race people, basically.
0: So they're looking for the, Zen- the Zendaya not the key farmers right
1: even zendaya has acknowledged that she is the acceptable form of a black girl
0: Ah, okay
1: but that doesn't mean you're gonna still give up your roles to black girls though you can acknowledge it but still make your back so it's like uh we hear you girl but it's like uh you still you're still accepting the roles that may still be fit for a black person or you know something like that but i will never tell anyone to not go make your money still gonna make your money but then it's just like we acknowledge it now what are we doing about it
0: exactly exactly no totally understand just you know go make your money regardless of Mm -hmm. of what um that that look that they're going for Mm -hmm. um but again it's it's what we have to deal with on a constant basis regardless of uh what industry we're in so
1: and i also want um, to also say it's not just white people that does this our own people do it too
0: we yeah, created, yeah. we
1: created colorism. Well, we didn't create it. We we maintain it.
0: We maintain yeah. it. So, I think I'm probably going to touch base on that in in another, in maybe an episode later on. Mm-hmm. But I have to find the right person to kind of jump into that that conversation with. Sure. Uh, because we we, yeah, we do we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think recently. I was having conversations with uh, two two techs in the industry, and I was trying to point them out that with a lot of the changes coming from Microsoft, there's a lot of opportunities for everybody to make some money.
2: Uh-huh.
0: But again, instead of them kind of following along, they wanted to do their own thing,
2: uh-huh.
0: which is all right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, it's just the fact that we just keep doing it to ourselves instead of being part of a team and kind of just rolling with the person who has that that idea, that vision. Uh-huh. You know, we're all going to get that bag, but somebody has to be the one that's leading. Yeah. So. But. um, All right. So let's get into. uh, Let's talk about you know, your future projects and what you got going on? Cause I, I did look at your IMDB. I think you have something in that's filming right now, or it's wrapped up.
1: Um, the, the last project that I'm, that I worked on, that one is in post-production right now. So we're done filming that. If you do see some that are saying that it's saying filming, that's because that project or those people just, either halted it or just are no longer working on that project. So they didn't update IMDB as well. So I okay. can't help that. But for the most part, everything else you see on my, my, um, my resume or my IMDB is accurate. So right now I'm just auditioning. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been focused mainly on working. I haven't been so, um, invested in submitting for acting stuff this year in the earlier, uh, the earlier, Part of this year, I was, I was, I was so close to booking a part. There was like 1800 actresses. And I made it to the top five. So I enjoy those moments. Cause it reminds me like, yeah, I'm that, mm, you know, like I do have the, I'm, I I can compete with anyone out there because out of 1800 and I made it to the top five and you know, it's always going to be like, it's going to come down to certain things that they're looking for feature wise you know, and also in terms of like how many followers you have as well, because my social yeah. media, I'm not going to lie, my social media is a little trash. Like I need to update. I don't feel like buying followers. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. But no shade, no shade. But we'll see. You know, I'm going to revamp. Let's see what 2024 has in store. I'm going to revamp and really rebrand yeah. myself as well. But I've just been working hard this year. So to save money, because I want to invest in my project. Which is my epithet.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So all right. So let's talk about because I did see you have um producer creds. Yeah. Um how does how does one go about producing their own project? Like what's what's behind that?
1: Money. I'm just kidding. Well, you have to pay out of pocket. Um, if you're doing this on your own, because, um, being a producer doesn't just mean giving money. You you could contribute by helping with casting, helping with, um, helping with location, um, helping with, uh, food or whatever. Right. Um, but for me producing my own project, um, such as my short film, I was the casting director, the director, I was an actor in it. I was the producer, um I wasn't the DP, that was another person who did the camera work. Um I did location yeah. scouting, I did, ordered the food, I handled everything on set and then I hired a few other friends of mine who then took over what I've already started. So that was the main thing for producing for me.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um so let's let's talk about home. Um cuz Is that you and I? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we're both, we're both Jamaicans. So a lot of people don't. (laughs) again, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm Jamaican. So in the corporate world, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't give us that, that foot in the door, to be honest, we, we got, we got to assimilate to, to make that bag some way or another. So have you Have you been back home lately?
1: yeah, I was back home in may
0: and and what's your opinion about back home like what's uh because I could say it from my my point of view a lot of things have changed mm-hmm. um not so much in a good way mm-hmm. but just a lot of a lot of straight Cutthroatness is happening down there mm-hmm. for for no reason. So what what's your thoughts thoughts on that?
1: Um I have a love-hate relationship with Jamaica. Like when I was younger, I used to big up Jamaica. I still do big it up. You know, like we are so loud as Jamaicans. Like we wear everything Jamaican to let the world know we're Jamaicans. But I hate the direction in which they're going because it's it's affecting the people. And I hate that. I hate how you know, their inflation is completely different. It's unreasonable for no damn reason. Um mm-hmm. Everything is like 200 times more than what it is up here. And it's like, I get so frustrated when I go down there because I'm like, I'm not going to buy this. I know what this is worth, you know. But the only thing I can say is kind of like, um what do you call it? Gentrification in a way. People look at it yeah. as being bad, but... We got to start liking nice things, though. You know, we don't want everything to look all broke down and all that. So we want nice, appealing looking communities and people can get jobs, people can work. So the fact that a lot of them are are infiltrated in Jamaica, specifically Asian, specifically Chinese, like every is becoming very Chinese heavy, which is why I started learning Chinese because I want to know what they what they're saying and in about 10 years China is about to take over the world. They're competing right now. They're like head to head with white males. And pretty soon yeah, they're going to yeah. be right here. So when people say, "Oh, well, um Chinese are subjugated too or Chinese like no no, like the white people got to cooperate. Everything is made in China. If you you can't mess up that bag with China. So let's keep it a buck. But yeah, in Jamaica yeah. though, like they're investing in roads. And then you have to pay so much tolls and you have to pay back in that way. And people are saying, well, a lot of people are getting jobs, but I'm just like, when they say that and they're bringing in other Chinese workers to build it. And I'm like, it makes me think, okay, y'all don't, y'all think y'all people are stupid. Y'all think y'all people are incompetent and can't build nothing. So I'm like, we really have to look at the government and like, what are they doing? Why are they not invested in the children? Why are they not invested in people? Give them jobs. Give them good trades. Help pay for certain trades so they can learn. Get your people stronger. But that's not what's going on right now. They don't care about um, their people. Um, But like I said, the only thing is, if they're going to bring business, give jobs to people then. That's the only thing. But I don't know how good that is because, like, what type of job? Is it uh, a livable wage job? You know, there's so many questions behind all that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah, so so the road is the the highway is there, mm-hmm. and you got to look at it like this. All right, so they paved the highway. It's it's basically you could drive from one side of Jamaica to the other now. Mm-hmm. I, I think so.
1: Yep, that's correct.
0: Look <laughs> at it like this. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese, the Chinese has always have always been there in Jamaica. Um, f- from as long as I can remember. You know, somebody has somebody somewhere has a like a half Chinese, half Jamaican grandmother. It's uh, Chinese has been there in Jamaica for for years. Yeah. But if we're if we're talking about you know building the roads and stuff like that, that costs money, Mm -hmm. and they got to make their money back. Mm -hmm. But I would have, if it came down to the negotiation, I would have said, okay, if you want to build the roads um, give a successful, you know, Jamaican business. And I, and I say successful, um, give them that opportunity to subcontract, mm-hmm. you know, and whoever, whoever that business want to subcontract out to whatever those little, little aspects of construction. Yeah. They could give it to that, you know, self self worker or, or whoever, but I think it's just, Maybe they didn't just have the right leverage, or could be they just didn't understand the contract. <laughs> um, but again, it's um, I just don't understand like why they're letting so many things go because right now the real estate market in Jamaica is booming, but who's benefiting from it? Is it just rich Jamaicans or the white folks that vacation there yeah. year round?
2: Yeah, so true
0: but again it's just you know you got to look at things like that and why they're not tapping into you know the jamaicans that are here and doing something but again that's just just me i think it's just i don't know what it is maybe just they just don't have the right negotiation skills for the contracts or
1: or they don't have faith in their own people and they just. They have more faith in other people with lighter complexion. And at some point, though, I I understand to an extent because they have shown to be like the most strongest in regards to business as well. And they get shit done, both Asians and both whites, you know, and sometimes, you know, unfortunately, our own people sometimes will drop the ball. You know, they're not reliable i hate to say dr umar talks about this as well so i'm not shading (laughs) nobody umar has talked about it that's why he claimed his school wasn't built yet but um yeah (laughs) those are some of the reasons why as well we have as people we have a lot of work to do you know we can't always look on the outside and just seek look for blame or a reason we kind of have to figure out what's going on inside before we start going outside
0: yeah and then there's a lot of this uh what i call, you know, land stealing that's going on um i don't i don't get it to be honest. I get it everybody wants to do the Airbnb, but <laughs> how you going to how you going to steal you know your own family's land or somebody's cousin's land and then claim it as your own. I I don't get that. I don't get how just for what? Just for Airbnb?
1: Airbnb like, is booming. I'm not gonna lie. I just told my mom to, you know, let's build the house up because we have a family home in Jamaica that we rent out just regular rent. But I told her you can make more yeah. money Airbnb. Because when I went to Jamaica the last few times, we Airbnb and they made like over a hundred K in two weeks. And you're made and you're you're renting the house for like 40 K a month. Like let's do the math. Yeah. So I understand yeah. why that's happening.
0: I know. I I did. Um, when we and my family went, we did stay in the Airbnb. We we rented it from um, um somebody who lived in Jamaica,
2: mm-hmm. um
0: a native who who was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically broke it down. Like, yeah, um, Airbnb is booming. I I think that's one of the best things they they could have done. Yeah. But I've I've also heard of you know the whole land grab, people stealing each other's land. It's I haven't like,
1: heard about that one yet.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't want to give it away, but there's just a little, you know, family drama on my side when it comes to that. But that is a lot of people are doing that down there. They're they're finding or they're looking for, you know, people who they have relatives in England or whatever. They don't care about the home that's there. Mm hmm. Instead of stealing it do, it, do it in a in a traditional, you know, ethical way, mm-hmm. you know. Find out who owns it, get word to whoever and say, hey, if I buy this from you, there's something, some kind of money on the back end or whatever. Mm-hmm. But don't just steal somebody else's land. That, that's <laughs> kind of crazy. Is it your own people doing
1: it to each other?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's old point. generation doing it.
1: Hold on a <laughs> Let me get my water real quick.
0: All right.
2: All righty.
0: Right. So we're almost done. Um, We're probably just going to touch base on maybe three more questions and then we're done. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Um, So. Let's go. Let's talk about this. How um, how can individuals and organizations support the effect the effects to increase representation and diversity within the entertainment industry?
1: I mean, I think they're kind of already doing that, but um, that question will only matter unless they're sincere about it. Um, A lot of them are doing, um, what do you call those things? Oh my God. Like the ones where you go to affirmative action type things, but I feel like they're doing it because they feel like they have to. Personally, I think people need to start hiring people just based on merit at this point and not just, um, <laughs> let me rephrase this before, like the comments go crazy. Um, I don't want to <laughs> say like based on like skin color or nothing like that, but everyone deserves a fair chance. Just ignore skin color, but, but there should be an equal, it should be an equal playing field. Where we should look at other minorities and choose the ones that are 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 that have great skill sets, strong skill sets, and incorporate that. Like, am I making sense? But it has to be from a genuine place. Like don't just hire one black person and be like, all right, we we hit the status quo, y'all, we good to go. Like, no, like be sincere um, and be be fair, be fair.
3: You Mm -hmm. know.
0: I mean, definitely, I, I I understand what you're saying, and um, it it goes back to what I what I was saying before. The technology we have can do so much more for us than just waiting for somebody to give us something mm-hmm. that give us that opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, because I I know a lot of, I want to say, not the A list actors, uh-huh. probably the CDs type actors that are actually making a lot of good money putting Mm -hmm. out their own, own independent film. They don't really rely on that big name Hollywood budget, Mm -hmm. or even, even some directors right now, they're, they're pretty much shooting movies on iPhones. I mean, nobody, nobody heard about, nobody thought about that years ago, but the technology in an iPhone can give you that movie quality um look and feel mm-hmm. in such a small device. Oh. Um but again, uh being that tech guy is just the technology nowadays and the technology that's available could do so much more for, for people like us. Mm-hmm. And and again if we miss this boat, it's it's over. It's over for us. I
1: mean, I know a lot of people who are, a lot of filmmakers who are just pushing out content, you know, because there's going to be a big boom for, like, people going to want content, especially during this strike right now. Now is the perfect time to produce and create um, as well. So, um, oh, my God, where was I going with that point? Sorry, I get brain
0: fart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine.
1: Um, yeah. But no, I was trying to make a point with that. Yeah. So I know you want to, you, you discuss like inclusivity and things like that and how, you know, people can include minority. But like, my thing is like, I don't really care about like them saying, oh, you know, let's include blacks and let's do this. Let's do that. Cause I'm like. We don't need that. Like, you know, I I, I understand the, the the conversation. I get it. But at some point, it's like let's just produce like Bollywood. I don't hear Bollywood who, that are Indian people talking about. We want to be in Hollywood right now. Like they're just making their stuff, minding their business. And if they get seen, yeah. boom, they get seen. They just want the Oscar for what? Not to, not to. Like I ain't know nothing about that. Right? They're just doing them as opposed to making noise. So just. Create right, like I was hoping Tyler Perry would get BT, but then who cares about that? Right, we're talking about yeah, Tyler Perry. Yeah. all you gotta do is just T what Tyler Perry channel TPC. I don't know, boom, there's your own channel. Why do we have to exactly. constantly have these conversations about inclusion and stuff like that? Let's just exist, but we got to start learning to just do our thing right here. Let's just do it. We don't need, like, you know, to have a white person, a white savior. We don't need none of that. Just do your thing. Exactly. And come, and we'll eventually just migrate together, whatever, right? That's my thing. Exactly. So that's why I think my question, my, my response was more of, like, be fair, whatever, whatever, because they're already doing that. But it's like, we're going to be having this conversation again for the next, what, 30, 40 years? Because I'm saying we have to yeah. be sincere
0: we we've we're going to keep having this conversation because it's 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 a distraction for people um because if you if you just talked about bollywood bollywood created their own industry yeah. china created their own movie industry after watching american cinema for years yep they basically said um we don't want to do that anymore we want to create our own uh, cinematic industry yep and now the Chinese have the 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 pull to say, we don't want that movie in our in our in our in our country, oh, and they can't they, they can't American studios really can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but again,
1: another market that's really that way is Koreans. Like Koreans are taking over as well. Their cinematography. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says, it knocks majority of like Hollywood productions out the water. Their attention to detail, like, the care that they put into these movies. You know, like Squid Game changed the game, in my opinion. Right. Now Americans yeah. create a knockoff reality show off of a Korean show. And a lot of these um a lot of these um American shows they have are based on Asian movies, like um The Good Doctor, also um, what do you call it? The girl that comes out the TV. Right like a lot of people don't know that oh yeah yeah, brunch, yeah. a lot yeah. of people don't know these are like remake from um Asian productions and things like that, yeah, so my thing and Nollywood is another one too, like that one is booming, but then again, it's a cultural yeah. difference as well, so Nollywood is yeah. doing them, they're making their own noise, so we also need to do the same thing, like I think if we focus on that, I think there'll be a lot more opportunities there'll be exactly. a lot more chance for me to be a working actor you know everybody exactly. want to get on the white film i get it but we all know what that means when you're trying to yeah fight, fighting so hard for that
0: i mean i i hear so many times like people knock tala perry for what he does or you know how he portrays you know black men but tala perry has his own studio hmm how many? How many people could right. actually say they have their own studio?
1: Right, but you also want to make something that represents us well. I do yeah. not see, like for example, Medea. Like kudos to Tyler, he made his bag right, but it was off,
2: yeah.
1: off the image of Black women as well. Like you haven't created a great image of us. Like when I think of white um sh- um productions, like I think of Mrs. Dalfire. Mrs. Dalfi wasn't loud, aggressive, belligerent, or ghetto, right? Or name another white movie where someone's dressing as a white, as a as a woman. There's a few of them out there where white men yeah. are dressing as white women. They don't represent their women in a negative light. They're very careful because that stuff is important to them. So we kind of have to be careful too. We gotta take note and be careful on how we represent. Because yeah, you might make millions and billions, but off of the expense of what? You know? Exactly. And that's why you're hearing people say the way he's cre- he's portraying black men, the way he's portraying black women. Like, <sighs>
0: yeah. I know, I know. But I, I think we we should look at you know what the other um, cultures are doing that created their own cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love. Um, I'm a big fan of of certain Korean films yeah. because it's some of them are just not too. It's not pretty pretty some of them are just like gangster movies but they're really really well written gangster movies um and even though it's in another language you could definitely understand what's going on um but the bollywood stuff uh there's some that i like um but i think it's just a lot of the korean stuff that it's what's been uh drawing me because the stories are well written and it's a lot of the stuff that's happening in their own country culture. Like there's Korean gangsters. I mean, I didn't really know about it until I saw one of their movies. That's that really kind of, you know, uh, took me by surprise. Yeah. And then that's when I got hooked on it. So
1: oh, thank um, you, man. I'm a Korean fan girl. <laughs> so,
0: so the movies are good. Yeah. They're well-written. Oh yeah. Um, the Chinese, they're getting an, into a lot of the sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. and, some of that's pretty good, mm-hmm. um, they're getting there with the stories, but again, it's just they created their own mm-hmm. and every other minorities, but we're still still <laughs> sitting here saying, "Hey, I want more representation, yeah, when yeah. they're not really gonna give it to you, right, so
1: right, exactly, but, and that's my point, so
0: um all right, so let's let's jump into the last question. Um no, I'm we're going to jump into the last question and then I'm going to give you um uh uh off the curve question. Okay. You know, kind of kind of just give you I, I kind of want to see when it comes to your your craft where what you feel um how you feel you you portray yourself. Okay. So um all right, so what are your hopes for the future of technology and the role in um, promoting promoting um, Black people on on the cinema, on the screens, basically cinema screens?
1: So, what are my hopes in, in technology promoting Black people on yeah. The screens? Yeah. Um. Well,
0: like, go ahead. So. In with uh, with technology, we know AI and stuff. Uh-huh. But what do you want to see more of on the screens? Do you want to see black scientists? Do you want to see you know doctors cracking the genome? Uh-huh. Like, how can technology help promote us better?
1: Uh-huh. Um, well, definitely, exactly what you just said. Um, definitely, a lot more. Scientists and a lot more doctors. Um, And I feel like a lot more films that talk about history, our better side of history. You know, we've been inventors, you know, we've been hairstylists. We've been all of those things. Like, I'm so tired of slavery movies. Like, if I see another slavery movie, I'm going to become a slave again. I just can't do it. So I don't want no struggle movie. So in the future. So that Will
0: Smith slave movie didn't do it for you? Which That Will Smith slave movie? I
1: didn't, I didn't even know it existed, okay? And I'm just like, <laughs> that's the one with the, with the guy with the whip on his back, I think, with all the scars. I remember yeah, he did. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I'm like, why? Like, for what? We get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Please, like, if we see more uplifting things, that will push more of our young children to want to do greater. You know, that's why I'm like, we have to be careful how we portray ourselves, that loud, belligerent type of... Like, I don't watch No Love and Hip Hop, no no shade to none of these women and men that want to make their money in their bags. But we are greater than that because if you... Like ever seen any of those videos where they go to China or any of these places and they ask you a question, what do you what do you know about black people? The first thing they're gonna say is, oh, they know how to shake their ass. They are gangsters, they make lots of music. But I'm like, like you're an IT guy, Marvin. Like you're fucking brilliant when it comes to like, you know, technology. You know, we have, who is it? Robert Smith. I mean, I've heard a few things about him, but he's like the first black billionaire in tech. You know. Yeah. So it's like if we we need to put more of that in the forefront, and I don't know if technology would even like has anything to do with it. It's about the choices that we make on what to produce as well, and then technology comes after that. So we have to make the conscious decision to create more powerful, more powerful players, more powerful characters, and be intentional about it.
0: You know. So that's my. No, I, I I definitely definitely understand and. I agree that um, slavery movies are kind of overrepresented, over overrepresented. Mm-hmm. But as a fan, as as being a, a kind of a history buff, mm-hmm. there's aspects of our history that we don't even know.
3: Okay.
0: Um, and I I don't want to say I don't want to see another slave movie. I want to see a slave movie that depicts our history well. Um does give us still, insights that we did does it still show us know. in
1: chains though? Huh? Does it still show us in chains
0: though? Uh no, we don't we don't you don't have to see anybody in chains. Okay. I mean you could you could touch touch base on it, but we don't have to kind of see anybody in chains. Okay. Because our history is vast. Even before you know, touching down to, into America. Mm -hmm. There's aspects of our history that we don't even know. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: So I just want to see more view, more movies. If it's a slavery movie, I want to see the, the proper depiction, not just somebody in in chains running through the fields or, you know, running wherever, because he's got to be free. He or she got to be free. (laughs) There's aspects of our history that it's, it's been lost and no one, no one knows it. A lot of the older generations know, but they're, they've gotten to the point where they just don't want to you know, pass it down to anybody. You know, even, even in, even in Jamaica, there's a lot of history there
2: uh-huh.
0: that no one's really tapping into. Uh-huh. So, um, but yes, I, I do agree like another slave movie isn't what I want to see and, and true. We need to have proper representation. Uh, I think one quote that I, I took from Kevin Samuel when he was alive is that the image of the black man and the black woman is the most tainted in the world. Um, You're not looking for that, that lawyer that's pulling down, you know, x amount on a on a billion dollar deal you know you're not looking for that you're you're looking for that per that females that's gonna you know shake their ass at a historical monument or whatever or that black man that has like 15 baby mamas so
1: that's interesting yes. coming from him considering he didn't contribute anything to our representation but no no he
0: again it's it's whoever is looking but i i believe he did um he just has his own way of doing it again you know you got a black man that's well spoken in a suit um understands how to how to look been in corporate america made a lot of money in corporate america um but again everybody everybody's interpretation of him is different i've never met him I've just been able to kind of look at his content and kind of pull out what I need to pull out out of it. Other people look at it and say, hey, he's shaming a lot of women. But again, it's it's all
1: the truth. He told the truth to women, but he wasn't telling the truth as to why he was saying what he was saying. He was just trying to hurt women's feelings. I think I believe I think he was telling the truth. I, I agree with a lot of the things he was saying you know, about why yeah. the women were doing certain things and why men were doing certain things. But he wasn't given the root cause behind it. And that's the thing I didn't agree with, you know? Yeah. And he was saying a lot of outlandish things as well. But for the most part, the quote you said about what he just said, I do agree with that. And you're right.
0: All right. So uh, last question, curveball question. So what kind of... And, and when we're saying, when I'm saying actress, actor, mm-hmm. what kind of actor do you see yourself as? The Sam Jackson mm-hmm. that's always never going to turn down a deal? Or the, <laughs> you know, the Denzel Washington who's who's picky about uh, what roles he takes?
1: What did Denzel Washington blow up? He was younger. He He started earlier than Samuel, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So he, I, was,
0: he was TV. He was TV. I think in the early days he okay. did TV. And then that's when he transitioned into like doing movies and stuff like that. God, you.
1: So, yeah. So he had an earlier start than Sam. And I think that has a lot yeah. to do with their point of view on turning things down because I'm guessing Sam was grinding for a long time. So he has the mentality of, I don't have the luxury of turning stuff down right now. I need to. And that's how I am as well. I mean, I started to become a little bit more picky when the projects were just like made no sense or they weren't paying or anything like that. But for the most part, me, if a project is pain and if it speaks to my soul, even if it's a little outlandish, if it's still art, I'm with it. For the most part, I've always like shown up to everything. It's very rare that I ever turn stuff down. Um, so that's that's me, even you know when I get... If, if i ever get my um my break you know i want to be a consistently working actor the only time i'm going to turn something down is unless my agent says no kenisha will not benefit you da, 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 da. for the most yeah. part i am a working girl so that is my brand i guess
0: <laughs> okay i mean again it's just it's just that constant grind you got to you got to put in the work um a lot of hours um, early days, um, long nights. Yeah, uh, no working on holidays. So that's just just part of it. I mean, you're 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 building something. So there's no days off when you're building. Yeah, so.
1: you're right about that. You're constantly working every day. But I'm ready for the grind, and I'm still on the grind. So looking to see what 2024 has in store. For
2: I know. i definitely.
0: I'm definitely looking forward to 2024. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to say, I want to put it out there in in a universe. It's gonna be a good year. Yeah. Um, on my side, we've we've got some some good talented people that are working with me,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: okay. and that's what I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Cool. So, cool. Kanisha, it's thank you for doing the podcast. It's been fun. This thank was you. this was great.
1: Thank you for having just me cool. and I hope I can come back and we can talk about other things as well. If you want to talk about relationships, I'm open to that too. Don't no, just kidding. I mean, no. I, I don't mind, I don't mind, you yeah, know, but <laughs> anything yeah. you want to talk about, I'm open to it.
0: All right. Not a problem. Not a problem.
2: All right. So.